It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Marno, and the brand new Film Cricket co-host, Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, Jay, Chris, and Melanie are joined by co-host from the New England Legends podcast and radio host from 101.3 MyFM, Ray Osher. Jay, Melanie, and Ray review the 1989 American teen romantic comedy drama film, Say Anything. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out. Your film crickets are on now. All right. Hey, friends. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friends. We got Chris Martineau. Hello. And Melanie Howerton. Hello. How you doing? Welcome, Melanie. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, Steve just made the announcement that she is now the third host of the show. And uh, we welcome her. And also, we welcome Ray's cat. Ray is here, and uh, his cat is hanging out. In the, uh, as, <laughs> Ray Osier <laughs> and Kitty. What's up, guys? How are you? Hi, Melanie. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good, thank you. You're going to be nice to me because I, I hear that it was your idea to do Clue. I think that was one of the last... <laughs> episodes i was on and i know we bashed a movie that you hold dear to your heart and i apologize no ray we can't apologize for these things come on now and and as as jay said i'm a horror fan that's what i like the most but yeah he said keep it light i'm like i don't know i just thought a clue and and uh i still like it my kids like it it's definitely light oh it's light on comedy yeah it's light on everything story (laughs) comedy it's a light film, but it's about murder. But that's fine. I mean, that's cool. Whatever. We have so, a um, We play it all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> and I like I like how Chris is... Expl- We're not going to go down this big road on Clue, but I liked how Chris uh, was didn't want to play as Professor Plum when he got home yeah. after seeing it because he was so young and he didn't, he didn't want to vocalize why because <laughs> Professor yeah. Plum was a perv. He's a pervert. Oh like, I don't think I want to be Professor I Plum. I always get stuck playing Professor Plum because I'm on that side of the board game. Because <laughs> right. my younger daughter takes Miss Scarlet, which used to be mine. So now I'm usually like Professor Plum or somebody that I don't want to be. But <laughs> It's okay. We can embrace any identity we want here on the Film Crickets. That's fine. So anyhow, Jay said, if I'm not mistaken, we have this week, we have uh, Say Anything. Uh, was this, this was from before, right? Was this? Uh, you had picked it a while ago. I had? Yeah. Okay. You were, you were asking about it. Mm-hmm. I asked Ray if he wanted to do it, and he had like a wedding or something, and he was like, oh, man, I really want to do that movie. And I was like, all right, we'll wait for you. It might have been scheduled actually in July, but we ended up getting this weekend free. Uh, so I was asking if he was available just to, you know, like push it up. And uh, so here we are. So, Ray, this is your doing. Your, your history was say anything. I suppose. But I mean, every movie you guys do, I it's weird. I connect with each one of them, whether I like it or not. You know, I could do every one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you guys pick fantastic movies. But th- yeah, this is one like this is one of those movies. I remember exactly where I was mm-hmm. first time I saw it. Senior in high school. It was the uh, the drive-in in Sutton. One of the screens just burned. It's oh. been shut down for a long oh, time. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. One of the screens just burned down. But I remember who I was with, and it's just one of those movies burnt in my mind. And I've seen it, you know, hundreds of times. Burned the pun. Okay. Burnt in his mind. Just like the screen. Yeah, burned Sorry. down in his mind. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, so Ray, so you're, you kind of like, that's kind of the first place I go to, our history with this movie a little bit. And so what you're telling me is 
We're looking at 19, senior in high school, 1990. You remember where you were, it made an impact on you. Like, is this something you had on video cassette? Have you seen it recently before a recent viewing? Or maybe you didn't, maybe you know it so well you didn't watch it before. And I'm not, I don't mean that like you didn't do your homework, but like maybe you're like, I know it, bro. I don't need to watch it. It's like me, it's like if you did an episode on Empire Strikes Back. So what, what's your, did you, it was it in high rotation? Like, what was your deal? With the movie, yeah, I, I'm sure I had the VHS. I had a, a big collection of VHS, whether I dubbed it off of HBO or had the original. And then I had it on DVD, and sure, I'm sure I picked up the 25th anniversary somewhere because it had extra scenes and commentary and all that. I don't know what it is about it. It's you know, it's a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. your standard romantic comedy, mm-hmm. but it was it was a teen movie, and I was a teen. We were around the same age as John Cusack in the in the film. Um, Allegedly, so I could relate. Well, well, no, yeah. he looks like he's about thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, I think he was twenty-three. He was twenty-three, I think. All right, was he? Yeah. A, a very mouthy twenty-three, from what I understand, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, um, um, but yeah, it's just you know one of those movies. It's you know I, I think of the party scene, which I'm sure we'll talk mm. about. Oh yeah, I was going to parties too. It was the same thing. You got the kids in the closet playing the songs and. You know, talking about the love of their lives and on the outside, the love of their life is hooking up with someone else and mm-hmm. there's the drunk guy. And, you know, we've all been there. So I think I was just connecting at the same time with that movie. Sure. That's, all right. Yeah, so that's great. I think I, I do think there's a common theme where it does speak to everybody of at least our ilk or even, you know, our generation or the next generation or even the generation before. Right. There's something about it that works. So anyway, uh, let's go to Melanie. Melanie, what is your history with this film high rotation it seems like everybody's seen it a lot so when was the first time you saw it? what effect did it have on you that sort of thing okay totally different for me so i watched it twice recently just for this but other than that i do not remember the first time i ever saw it i the only thing i ever remembered from it was that i remember i liked it and of course the famous boom box scene where he's holding up the boom box and I remember the end of it, where the dad was in prison, and that's pretty much all I ever remembered from the movie. So it was kind of like I was watching it all over again when I uh, just recently watched it. Okay, so so kind of like a, a first a first new viewing, even though you saw yeah. it before. It was mostly kind of a a, a mystery. All right, Jason. Mm-hmm. Okay, I talk watched to me, my it, man. Yeah, I watched it the other day. Uh, it was on HBO Max. I didn't have to dig it out. I do own it. I could do this without watching it. I could have okay. easily watched, uh, you know, just just press play and said, "Oh yeah," but I wanted to just in case it was just you know one moment that I wanted to refresh around. But I really didn't need it. I love it All that right. much. Cool. Yeah, I, I um. So my history with this is I did not see it in the theater. I was in the tenth grade. Um, I know I watched it. I probably rented it. I don't remember why. I don't. I remember seeing it. I don't know if I wasn't really dating much. Kind of a nerd. Uh, so there wasn't much of that. Um, I do know that I bought it on video cassette because I liked it that much. I watched it a lot, mm. and I think it's because I tr- I I was not Lloyd Dobler, but I wanted to identify with Lloyd Lloyd Dobler because he wasn't in any click. He wasn't. He was kind of weird. He wasn't cool, but he wasn't not cool. I agree. Um, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to kind of. If I could be somebody, I could be Lloyd Dobler. I can't be the jock. <laughs> I can't be somebody else. I wanted to be Lloyd. So uh, something about this movie I liked and I liked John Cusack's character quite a bit. Oh. I do know that um, this was the movie that you, if you were interested in a girl or you were dating with or you're trying to date a girl, for me anyway, that was the end. Like, we should watch Say Anything. 
because I'll look <laughs> sensitive. Um, so that's like that would kind of like, hey, you guys didn't say anything, and I would just like bring it over. And it was just like multiple like dating couples. I'm like, and I was trying to shoehorn my way in because nerd. But I'm like, ah, they'll they'll like say anything. I'll look like a I'll look like a hero. Um, I'll look that's exactly what I did by the way with that movie. Really? That was the, that was the test. I think. yeah. If you could connect with a girl who connected with that movie. Yeah. And you look sensitive enough introducing that movie, right. then you were in. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. The, so that's it. Tells like it's but, you want to tell the girl like, no, really, I'm Lloyd. I'm Lloyd. By the yeah. way, and I'll be honest with you, it was that movie, and it was also nine and a half weeks for him. Oh them. boy! How creepy, oh my God. how creepy is that's that? That's a little creepy. That's up there with Wild Orchid. Oh uh, wow! Yes. All right. All right. So if you make yeah. it through, say anything. I'm going to test you with nine and a half weeks. That's plus one. Plus one is now. Fantastic. If you don't don't run screaming, then you're for me. (laughs) Well, I I showed it to my wife way back when, and we're still married. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Wow. All right. So uh, so let's dig in. I think we have a lot to say about Say Anything. So now it's time. uh, The IMDb one-sentence synopsis. Uh, Here we go. So the IMDb is going to try to encapsulate everything this movie is about in one sentence. We've got Say Anything, comes out in 1989, rated PG-13, uh, coming in at one hour and 40 minutes. One sentence breakdown is as following. A noble underachiever, I like that, a noble underachiever and a beautiful valedictorian fall in love the summer before she goes off to college. Written and directed by Cameron Crowe, one of his first movies that he directed. Um, I know that James L. Brooks is the executive producer on this movie. James L. Brooks is rolling in cash, by the way. Uh, he is involved with so many things. But it's starring John Cusack as Lloyd Dobler, Ioni Skye as Diane Court, the late great John Mahoney as James Court, then we have Lily Taylor, and a cast of others who, and we cannot forget, I mean, there's other people in here. We have uh, the psychiatrist from Cheers, B.B. Newirth, but uh, most notably, in probably one of his first roles, Jeremy Piven, looking older than he does now. <laughs> so that is uh, say anything, and I like the fact that we have the noble underachiever. So let's uh, let's start with the movie. Opening thoughts. You just said uh, James L. Brooks. Yeah. There is a deleted scene that has mm-hmm. Dan Castellaneta. Really? Oh, that's right. Yes. Where he's actually trying to hit on Diane Court. He's a teacher. <laughs> Like he's he's like you know like he's at the party, and he's trying to like you know say nice things, and he keeps like warming up more and more. And she goes, Mm -hmm. "Um, "Before you say what I think you're gonna say, or before you do anything stupid, I'm gonna cut you off right there." And it's along those lines. I'm paraphrasing her. Okay, but it is creepy. And see, it's. Welcome to Catland. Oh uh, we God. got Melanie, who's got the cat walking by. <laughs> Ray had one. He practically um, jumped on the computer. That's so funny. But yeah, so cool? t- little connection yeah, there. Neat. James L. Brooks and uh, Dan Castellaneta. Uh, Dan so, Castellaneta. Well, so while we're at it, I mean, this, this movie, I mean, it doesn't open with the party, but we're going to assume a lot of people have seen this film. There is the classic 80s. So this it's graduation. And um, it is announced at graduation by someone on stage that there's an eight kegger. At someone's oh. address. Oh, great. My favorite moment. Hey, Kegger, everybody go. Was that a, a guidance counselor showing up at the party? Was that what was happening? I think that was Baby Newark, right. right? And she was she, she was talking about his future and how he could be doing this and that. So I, I guess she was a guidance counselor. <laughs> but she was ready to party. I know. 
<laughs> yeah, she left the keys. There was no question about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh my God, what's Mrs. So-and-so doing right. here? This is crazy. It was to be expected that she was going to be at the party in a, a very sleek skirt, mm-hmm. put her hair yep. down, and, you know, get her graduation party Get her on. drink on. And, and the <laughs> fact that it was hosted by a 22-year-old that still puts on a high school mascot chicken and just has a bunch of these <laughs> derelicts come over the house. Did we ever, everybody have like someone in their neighborhood where they knew like an adult that would have teenagers over to drink like impetuously? Was that just me? I no, I was there. No, you, you heard of that? It was always like, oh. I was, I was the 22 year old. Party your race, man. It's all right. It's hey, cool. So before we go any yep. further, my eyes have been down for the last five minutes. I apologize, but I was looking for that photo right there. Nice. <laughs> that's me. That's awesome. Nice. That's a that's a boom box that I found at a like a flea market or something, and then I had the jacket. Yeah. So, it's just a couple years old. Why? why right. Why? So those, you know, it's a uh, obvious audio medium. Ray just showed us. Uh, the classic Lloyd oh, yeah, Dobler. Sorry. No, it's cool. The no, we're also going to be doing videos again. Oh, we are. Okay. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, what was? What's? Give me some context here, Ray. What's? Why? Why the boombox? Um, it's just my life. All right. It's. It's. it's look at my. I mean, look at my room. It's. <laughs> this is Mantown. This is littered with nothing but flea market finds, and they're all. By the way, they're all based in like the seventies and eighties. Right. So that's why oh, I, I like that. collecting, and I just. I found a boombox and uh, I'm like, oh, I gotta recreate the scene. For oh, life. that is. We're both '80s freaks. Yeah, That's awesome. I am too. So let's talk about Lloyd. Uh, let's talk about characters. Melanie, it seems as though you had some character notes uh, about people. So I'm gonna I'm gonna front this over <laughs> to you. Character notes. What's character notes? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So so tell me tell me about Lloyd. Tell me about what, and then we can kind of go around real quick because we could be here a long time. But but tell me what your first impressions of Lloyd Dobler are. Okay, so first of all, I love the relationship that he has with his girlfriends. I absolutely love that because I always had guy friends. Like, most of my friends were guys. Jay. <laughs> but no, it's like, seriously, I mostly had guy friends. So I love that relationship, and I love that he's always trying to make people look at the positive side of things, even if they're not being so nice to him. Like, especially when the father is in prison, he's sitting there saying that you're just a distraction in, in her life. You're not... You're, you're nothing. You're just a distraction. And he's sitting there trying to get him to look at the positive side of her letter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he's trying to make the old people at the old folks' home happy. I love that he's constantly trying to make Diane feel happy. And I love the roller coaster analogy that he gives her on the plane, trying to make her feel comfortable. I just think he just seems like he's like a... He's always trying to look at the positive side of, th- side of things. And he's trying to make his sister even say, why can't you just decide to be happy? I mean... I just think his character just seems very caring, and I love how he doesn't really care what people think of him either. Mm. That's true. He, he kind of doesn't. He he has his own style, even though it's intimidably eighties. Yeah. You know, any anybody with a man, he can make a Columbo trench coat look good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it yeah. just works. Columbo. My wife was watching like Columbo trench coat, high top Velcro, not tied up <laughs> with some weird T-shirt. So Jay, I, uh, so what's your uh, so initial impression? So so why Lloyd Dobler? Because I think this movie is hinged upon how much we as an audience love Lloyd Dobler. He's so goddamn sincere. Um, so tell me, like, what's your deal? What's your connection? Because if you uh, like he, the movie, you like Lloyd. He is not afraid to be himself. Uh, like for instance, uh, you know, he he wears his shirts like the Clash, and um, you know, not that 
it was people never liked the clash but i'm saying like it wasn't just like everyone else like, let's just say you know like he dresses the way he wants like he also doesn't care the fact that he is let's say the middle let's say middle of the road you I mean like he's popular mm-hmm. but yeah. he's not like you know joe joe is mm-hmm. uber popular the guy singing at the front at the beginning during the graduation off key like crazy but still everybody's going swaying their arms like (laughs) it's the freaking greatest love of all he's not that but he's he and he realizes he's like i just am infatuated with this girl i want to be with her Mm -hmm. i want to be in i mean i'm you know i want to be in love i want to take her out and he's like i'm going for it like he's he's really confident and i mean how do you not respect that Mm -hmm. i agree Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, it's interesting that the first line of the movie is like she. He just says, "Look at those eyes. Look at those eyes." Like he can't even put his finger on what he likes about it. And doesn't even care that how much promise she has, or she just knows that that's the one. And I'm going to. I don't know about confidence, and I want to talk about that in a minute because this is the reason I identify identify with Lloyd Dobler. Uh, right. I think we all want it to be Lloyd. I think even popular kids would like to slow down a little bit and be a little bit more um, isolated yep. at times. Um, it's tough. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't the popular kid. I was in a group of four guys, and we connected with every mm-hmm. clique. We could go to the stoners party. We could yep. go to the. We were all in the musical. We were all on the football team. So it got a little bit of Lloyd Dobler in all mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, I think we all. I like how quick he was to uh, to have an answer mm-hmm. or a quip about yep. something. As unsure as he was about the future, he knew that he was going to do mm-hmm. something. Um, he wasn't worried. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had a plan, mm-hmm. even though he didn't have yeah. a plan. Kickboxing, yeah. it's the sport of the future. <laughs> Nobody else knew what yeah. he did. I like that confidence. And again, like uh, the running theme so far, he, uh, how he took care of people, how he cared mm-hmm. about people how positive he mm-hmm. was you know it's not easy to be positive even when you're popular mm-hmm. in yep. high school when you're a teenager I, I like what you just said like he's not burdened by not burdened by popularity that's a yep. burden like you never really think of it like that like i always have to put on airs that i am this perfect person like jeremy piven coming up to him at the party <laughs> like it's old senior year man you must chill chill which is the best <laughs> best thing ever um, he is, he, he has, he's both sides of the coin, right? He doesn't, he doesn't care and it doesn't bother him. Like the fact that no one went to his graduation for legit reasons is his parents are away in Germany. He's staying with his sister in Seattle because she's like 22. She couldn't go to the graduation. He went by himself and he wasn't pouting about it. He wasn't like, oh, I wish mom and dad were there. He's just like, whatever. He just, he can't be bothered. Like this is just the next step. And you're right, Ray. He he knows he has a plan, but he just doesn't know what the plan is. And he's not going to get worked up about not having a plan yet. Unlike the people that are going to college and don't know what they're going to do. Right? right? They're faking it. He's not faking it. He's like, I my plan right now is to be with your daughter, which is the best plan he yeah. could possibly think of at that moment. And the other reason that he is, and Jay, I want to speak to what you said, and maybe what Melanie has a note on, is that he has confidence, but he's nervous. And what I identified most and when, what sunk it in for me when I was young, when I was 10th grade, 11th grade or whatever it was, when he finally gets the date with Diane, he calls her on the phone and has all that nervousness of calling somebody on the phone <laughs> and having to talk with dad. And he's, he's pumped that he actually hit the last number. He dials six numbers and he takes a breath and he hits the last one. 
that's confidence, but it's nervousness, but he's not going to let him, he's not going to stop himself. How many times have we as people in our brain had a cognitive dissonance and said, I know how this is going to go. I'm not going to do it. I know she's going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. And his attitude is, I'm just going to do it because what's the worst that's going to happen? And that is fantastic. That's a fantastic bit of characterization that Cameron Crowe takes his time with. He's nervous. He's confident. He embraces that as him. So, sorry. And I have another point on that, but Jay wanted to say something. Go. No, I just want to say, like, you know. It's just I like him so much for that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, his, his confidence, if he was really worried about what people thought, he would not have best friends that were girls. Yep. yep. So like that like seals it, I think. Because mm-hmm. if you're in high school and you're a guy and that's that's your best friends that are just girls, it's just it it, it would have been weird. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like but he was so cool. Like mm-hmm. that it just it it worked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I love that about him. I relate to that. I really I relate to the other side of that, of having the guys as friends. So I wonder then if you had guys as friends, and Melanie, I'm coming to you. If you have guys as friends, was there a point when you were at a gas and sip with a bunch of girls, <laughs> and, they, and they said, "If you ladies know so much about guys, no, um, yeah, so that is good. that's that is classic." My choice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's totally my choice. I was going to say about the party. There is a uh, tiny bit of uh, trivia. The girl that Joe, you know, Joe is the character that Lily. Uh, right? Is it Lily? Yes. Or or is that the um? Well, that's the, the actress. Of, sorry, the movie, yeah, that yeah. was conflating the two. Um, Corey, um, Corey is the uh, girl who's obsessed with Joe, and she wrote sixty three songs. They're all about Joe. They're all about pain, and she's going to play them all tonight at yeah. the party. Now, who the Good hell times. wants to listen? First off, who wants to listen to a song, a bunch of like sixty three songs about yep. one guy? How miserable this poor poor girl is. But this guy Joe shows up. And he's got a girl with him. Does anybody know who the girl is? No. It's hard to recognize her. Probably do. Yeah. It is China Phillips. Prior really? to being in Wilson Phillips. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. <laughs> um, I, did not know I thought that. that was pretty cool. And I'll have to go back and watch that. I'll have to confirm it, which I've I've heard this more than once. Supposedly the Drunk guy that is on the uh, bathroom floor is Diana Ross's. Uh, Diana, uh, what's her name there? Ah, oh, shit, not Diana Ross. Yentl. Oh, oh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. It was another diva. Oh my god. <laughs> that, yeah. That's her son, Barbara Streisand's son. Really? That's what I, they said. And have- I have to say about the party. Yeah. I literally love that when they get into the party, they're pl- they're playing Aerosmith "Back in the Saddle." Yep. And I also love that he's talking about how there's going to be purple passion at the party. Yep. <laughs> Yes. Did you get yes. this? I love that. That is such a sign of the times. Yes. And I probably saw that at the drive-in with a two-liter bottle yes. of Purple Passion. <laughs> and I have the funniest story about that. I, every time I think of Purple Passion, all I think about is my cousin Rhonda coming home when we lived at my grandmother's house for a little bit in the summer. And she had these skin-tight 80s pants on with these little flowers on them. And they were all dyed purple because she had drank Purple Passion and spilt it up all over herself. Nice. Couldn't even get undressed. And me and my grandmother were in the bathroom trying to pull these wet purple <laughs> jeans off of her to try to get her into the bed. <laughs> every time I think of Purple Passion, that's all I ever think about. <laughs> but every, every time you went to one of these parties, either in high school or in college, my, I have more of an experience with this in college of just just masses of people all jammed in the one spot, all just shit faced, um, doing ridiculous things uh, all night long. 
um, you know, there's there's always somebody. You go to the bathroom and somebody passed out in the bathroom. Um, there's someone crying and running away from somebody else. Uh, there's someone who they broke up and now they're going to hook up. And it's it, they kind of encapsulate that. Even though all of that is kind of true, they make it in such a it's such a funny manner that everybody can at least that's experienced that Brilliant. can relate to it. And Cameron Crowe kind of nails that energy as silly as that was. And in all of that, Lloyd Dobler is the key master. He's the one that everybody <laughs> trusts, though he's not friends with any one person. He's the only one that seems that everyone trusts, which, and again, you got to give it to Lloyd Dobler in this arena of mayhem. He stays a gentleman the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and he's always looking over at Diane Court. My wife is like, he brought her there and they're not hanging out. What's going on? That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are they hanging out? I guess that was yeah. just. I don't think it was a date. I think he said, you know, let's go okay. together. I don't think in her well, mind it was going to be a date. <laughs> he does say, all right, it's a date. It's a scam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the words that yep. his friends were like feeding him. Yep. They're like, it's not even a scam. Yeah. What's a scam? A scam is... Uh, I think it was an open door. <laughs> because I, I always thought that too. Like, it's odd that she didn't spend yeah. time with him. But I don't think... She, she just thought of it as a ride. And hey, he seems like a yeah. nice guy. Um, but she obviously has other things on her mind. Well, Did you notice when after she, he called her... She opened up the yearbook and she went to go see what he looked like and look at the picture. And she made this horrible, disappointed look yeah. on her face. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, like, oh, it's so him? Are we, are we to assume it's a small town or at least a small high school? Because I, I got the feeling that it was because of the party. Uh, but one of the pet peeves I have about movies that feature parties mm-hmm. like this, and Kayla Hardly Wait does a good job at it. Everyone should kind of know each mm-hmm. other. She should have seen him in school at one yeah. point they didn't know where jeremy piven lived that kind of b- bothered me a little bit it's not like there, you know you mean the kid big... the uh barbara streisand's uh son the Trevor yeah. Yeah. Him. yes yes that's yeah. right yeah. no no the thing is uh, he didn't know where he lived yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right but i mean you go you go through four years of school yeah. with somebody you kind of know the, the the geography of where everyone's from, the neighborhoods at least. And I feel like they were driving around all night. Well, she did say she really felt like she missed her entire high school because she was That's involved true. in so many things that she didn't, nobody knew her. No one knew her at all. Yeah. So she didn't know anybody and they didn't know her. And, and that also yeah. sets up her, A, her naivete, B, the fact that she acts and Kind of sounds like someone much younger than she is. She dresses like someone that's either much younger or much older than she is. When she's at that nursing home, there's a couple of outfits. I'm like, what are you wearing? Like you're dressed like a granny. I'm not talking about the kitchen. I'm talking like, dude. The... Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, like holy moly! Like well, you don't have to be like you know, but still like dress a little. She your dressed age. like she was eighty. Yeah, no doubt. Years old. Yeah, and, and her relationship with her father is because she's so isolated all the only relationship she really knows is her father which is in itself and we have to talk about the father in itself is on the outside seems healthy and and nurturing but on the inside is toxic because he can manipulate her at any moment and he knows that he can and does when he finally gets in trouble i saw a finger from mel go Well, okay, so that is another thing. Like, I loved how when she actually was talking to him about sex. And um, (laughs) 
she's like, yeah, I decided not to do this. And he, the look of relief on his face is amazing. And then all of a sudden she's like, but then I attacked him anyway. Yeah. And then she's like, it feels so good to tell you. She just has like a load off of her chest. <laughs> and the look on his face is like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Careful what you ask yeah. for with your kids. Right. Yeah. But she doesn't have anyone Honestly. else to share her life with like that. That's who she has. Yeah. The mother's kind of a, uh, because they got divorced and we meet the mother. She's no great shakes either. Yeah. So here's my thing. And one of my, my pet peeves in the movie. So so we have a romance that's brewing between Lloyd Dobler and Diane Court. And they're digging each other. And it's as sincere as all get out. You never once doubt that they're falling for each other. And he's he is the ultimate gentleman from day one. He shakes dad's hand. He talks to dad at the, at the door for it, picks him up. He's always checking on her at the at the party. He goes as slow as he can. I mean, he is, he never, she mentioned something about him giving him like those eyes at the end of the night. Granted, we don't see that, but he is at her pace at all times, which he should be. And to me, that was when I was into the, was, you know, young and didn't know how to date. I'm like, that's how it should be. You should be this guy that is referential and respectful to the people that you want, that you care about. Chris, you're painting a really nice and normal picture, but in the real world, I, I, I think there's, and maybe this is because it's high school, we get infatuated so easily yeah. with other people without even knowing sure, okay. anything about them. A curious thing about the movie is how he fell for her, not knowing mm -hmm. her at all. So purely based on looks and what he read in the yearbook probably, or, or he, you know, followed mm -hmm. her from afar, but obviously she didn't spend a lot of time with other people in high school. So I always found that curious that he, he was so infatuated from the start. And it's like, this is my future mm -hmm. after a few days. And she's even pushing back with, I have other plans. The dad's pushing back, but he's like, no, no, this is going to be the rest of my life. It seemed a okay. little obsessive at first, and, but you know, like mm -hmm. you said, they got to know each other. They got closer. Uh, but even when they got to know each other, it was like, yeah, there's still a lot mm -hmm. for you guys to learn. But maybe that's just the the 50 year old cynic in me after yeah. all these years and uh, you know going through uh, multiple relationships. This is probably the first time he fell in love. So I, I guess we've all been there sure. before too. Okay. We can relate. I never felt like it was creepy though. No, not creepy. Yeah. I wouldn't say creepy. It was just I felt a yeah. little bad mm -hmm. for him. Like yeah. you're this, you know, you know what you're up, you know what you're doing with your life where you know that you want to do something. Um, you seem like a positive mm -hmm. guy. You're not needy. Don't. And I mean, this is horrible to say because it's a love story, but don't let this person mm -hmm. hold you back. And I felt like uh, Diane was holding him back. She was holding bit. him back. Oh, yeah. From okay. doing the things he wanted right. to do. So and but I, I would love to see a part two. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know where they are now. Did they make it? If they mm -hmm. made it fantastic. If it was a, you know, a couple years in France and they. Yeah. It broke that, up. That, that's an interesting point. I would also say, like, she's so sheltered and so young for this thing. And while, again, I'm not bagging on the relationship, it's since this movie is charming, it is sincere as all get out, right? There's no way around. Like, I trust the characters. I trust where they're coming from. I trust Lloyd. But the fact of the matter is, it is high school. It's real quick. The time frame on this movie this is one of the flaws I have with the movie. I have no idea how long this movie takes. I really don't know. Like they graduate and my guess would be June yeah. 16 weeks until she leaves is brought up. That's four months. It seems as though they graduate in the same night they're going to the party, but it looks like she went to work in between. Not sure what that means. Uh, uh, allegedly again, the, the, the father is gets embroiled in IRS tax evasion and embezzling money from dead old people, which is 
uh, great. But he's gone to trial and is in jail in 16 weeks. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not being picky. I get that's not the point of the movie, but it's, it seems like they go from dating to, I kind of like you to, we should like, they have several conversations of in a coffee shop. And what I was mentioning before, he's going to take it as slow as she wants to. We're just having coffee. And next thing you know, they're the intimate scene in, in the car, which is dandy. Nothing wrong with that's their decision, whatever. That's cool. But it just seems like that's months later when really relatively it could have been 10 days. But it's plus they broke up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that period, right. too. Right. It just hmm. I don't get the time frame of the movie. That's the part that's kind of unrealistic to me. That and falling in love so quickly and I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Well, he doesn't actually ever say the rest of my life. He just says, I'm going to spend the summer with your daughter. He says, I'm going to spend basically the entire time with her or like you know, as much yeah. time with her as possible until she leaves. Yeah, and that dinner party to me was brutal. And honestly, that is when <laughs> I think her, he loses it all, any trust or anything with, his, with the dad because you can tell through the entire movie that the dad likes him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, it's almost like he's kind of rooting for him at first. Yep. But then after he asks him what he wants to do, you know, what's he going to go to college for? What's he want to do for the rest of his life? And he's got that little dinner party going on. He seems like he's very interested in what he has to say until he basically says that the only things that he has to, to do is he wants to spend time with her and he wants to do kickboxing. And, and of course, my favorite line from the movie, which I have on here, if you want me to say Hit it. it. Yeah. So I think that's when it all went downhill for him, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the dad anyway, and the looks on the people's faces that were there, I felt just absolutely horrible for him. But I love it when he goes, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed, you know, as a career. I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's like his whole thing that he says, and then everybody's look just kind of like goes right down, right down the drain for him. And that's when everything kind of turns upside down with the dad. And now the dad really doesn't want him to be with her daughter, with his daughter anymore. It just kind of sucks for him after that. It's so honest, though. It's such it an honest mm-hmm. answer to what yeah. you want to do for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's that's well thought mm-hmm. out. Yeah. You know, where somebody could just say, I don't yeah. know. You know, he had that all thought out. Know, and the awesome. whole time I was now, sitting there thinking he should have just lied. He should have just said, yeah. oh, I think I'm going to do something like this. Or, you know, just to know that he's trying to impress this girl's dad. He, but I mean, he is very truthful, so that's why he didn't do that. But at the same time, and the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, just lie, just say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's why he's so admirable. Say anything. Yeah. Say right. anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for yeah, that all right. <laughs> I think it's very interesting that everything went down when it went down because we, like you said, Melly, we started feeling bad for Lloyd. It's like, oh, you're losing it mm-hmm. now. You're losing and. Here's Diane and her dad who are just up here in everyone's eyes and even in their Mm -hmm. own heads. And then as soon as you start feeling bad for Lloyd and this upper crust crowd got the best of them, there's the knock at Mm -hmm. the door. And you're like, oh, this guy's easy. Now he's under. He's knocking him down a notch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I think that Diane's dad started to resent Lloyd for being. Diane's go-to mm-hmm. now. Oh, true. Once he, she, you know, caught wind. No, not even, even before that. She was spending more time with mm-hmm. him. She always spent time mm-hmm. with dad. Dad was the one she went to for help and advice. And now she wasn't home and she's hanging out with Lloyd all the time. And I think that got under dad's skin that he wasn't the man in her life anymore. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the lefty type politics that he kind of is, you know, he goes his own way. And 
And that kind of a character is actually why John Cusack took that role, because he he honestly didn't want to be in the movie. He absolutely refused to be in this movie. There were so many people up for the movie. Robert Downey Jr. turned it down. Brandon Lee was actually up for it. Kirk Cameron, Christian Slater. Brandon Lee. He would have nailed the kickboxing. Yeah, he turned it down <laughs> because he said he did not want to be in another a teen love story. He said he's absolutely sick of being a teenager, being in love stories. He's sick of graduating from high school. Yeah. <laughs> like he said, I don't want anything to do with it. And Crow just went after him over and over and over again. He said, no, it's so much more than that. Please just read the script. Just give it a chance. And when he started reading about Lloyd's lines and his character and specifically what he was talking about, the dinner table and the kind of character that he was, that's why he accepted it, because he liked the lefty politic type person that he was. And that's why we have John Cusack. Other than that, who knows who could have been. It could have been Christian Slater, Kirk Cameron, Brandon Lee, who knows. But he wasn't going to do it until he started reading some of his lines and that lefty type side that he was. He was attracted to that character because of that. That, that, is, that, is, that is interesting. I will say that, to back to John Mahoney, is that he's so... And, he does take that downturn, even though he's still on the outset a kind old man. He manipulates the hell out of his daughter. There's a scene where she's like, he's trying to get, you know, that's the famous give him this pen scene, right? And he goes from, he says, you shouldn't be hanging out with him and he's terrible. He's a distraction and blah, 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 blah. And, and she's, she pushes back and he says, uh, you know what? Maybe it's just all this that's going on and so on and so on. And he's very sincere and he says, you know what? I've, you should just live your life. You should just live your life. And then she hugs him and he walks away middle of the hug, but not in a huff. He just, usually they embrace longer, but he on purpose makes it shorter and kind of walks away and doesn't look back at her. And she's like looking at him while he's walking away. And I did not recognize that as a 10th grader. I recognize that now as being manipulative. And then I wanted to punch him in the fucking face. Because that's, you're a horrible, <laughs> horrible person because you're not even, you are gaslighting her. It's it, all about him. And that's horrible. Yeah. You're gaslighting somebody. You're using their emotions against them. And that's a double middle finger to you. You're horrible. And at that point, you deserve everything that you can get. However, I, he did. He became a horrible person after yeah. that. And even in prison, it was like he was hardened. Yeah. Like we're talking about a timeline here. I felt I feel like he was in prison for at least six years. Mm -hmm. The you know his whole rough attitude. Mm -hmm. It looked like he had been in there for a long time, and he was you know it hardened him, and he's not going to put up with Lloyd's bull anymore. Well, Ray, I would counter that with too. I did feel bad for him in the bathtub scene, though. I felt really bad for him in that. Although I hated him through the whole movie, but the bathtub scene, I, I think it's a realization of he knows. He's screwed. He's worried about oh, himself. Great. He's only He's worried about because he got caught. He only feels bad because he got caught. And you yeah. know people like that. Everybody's like that in one way or another. You only feel bad when you get caught. And I would say to the prison <laughs> scene, I would I would counter, support your thesis and counter your thesis in that it does seem like he's been in there for six years because his hair has gone from brown to gray. So he was, no, he was coloring his hair, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. in prison, they don't let you. So it goes great, but it still has to grow out. And that doesn't happen right, in right. 16 weeks. And the other side to that, well, it does seem like he's been hardened for six years. We know he hasn't been in there for six years. However, that is the true Mr. Court. He's kind of an asshole. He's just only nice right. to his daughter. But he's an asshole, basically. Yeah, well, he's he's also, been holding yeah. back that for the whole for the whole time. And he's holding it back. Because he cares for his daughter. I don't think he doesn't care for his daughter. It's just he's doing it all yeah. the wrong ways. 
it's coming from a good place, but he's doing a horrible, horrible thing. So right. anyway. And she calls him out yep. on it. She goes, you stole from them. Mm. He's like, I made their lives better. And he's like, he still has to try to rationalize yep. it. And he's he's basically, you know, giving it to her. Like he's, he's saying, I did it all for you. Right. It's like somehow that makes it okay. Yeah. You yeah, stole from a bunch of elderly. If she's as smart as they say, wouldn't she be getting scholarships and fellowships? And she wouldn't need that yep. money. Yep. That's true. Isn't that why we, we make our kids do do their homework and get good grades so that we don't have to pay for their college mm-hmm. eventually? <laughs> Shoot for the scholarships. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do them sports, damn it. I got one of those kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so they, they they break up. We, we talked about a lot of aspects of the movie, but we have to talk about uh, Lloyd becoming, quote, a man. Um, so Diane breaks up with him, gives him the pen. His heart is broken, even though he's young. It's probably it's the only time he's his heart's been broken, probably, right? So it seems like the worst thing ever. Well, you even said I want to get hurt. Yeah, he wants to get yeah, yeah which is brave. Us as adults, like you know, you know, you've got to be vulnerable if you want anything worth anything. So you have to put yourself out there to be hurt, right? And he draws the line at seven unanswered yep, phone that's calls. It. <laughs> yeah, but so she breaks up with him, and he's he's driving around town, and he's got the tape recorder, and he's just like he's he's like having therapy with himself. And and he goes to see like maybe I got too many girlfriends. Maybe I should go go get guy friends. And the next thing you so see is the murderer's row of guy friends: Jeremy Piven, Joe, some redhead, and then some kid whose only <laughs> philosophy is bitches, man. Bitches, He's man. there for one minute and he <laughs> leaves. Um, Dude, I got a bail. Later for you, Luke. <laughs> so so we're watching this scene, and and if you've seen say anything, you know the scene. You know, they're talking about, you know, why, if you guys know so much about women, why are you here at a Gaston Sip by choice? And then he says, like, look, I can get you any girl and wherever. And he goes, I want Diane Court. And he's like, I can't get you, Diane Court. And then he freaks out and throws a beer bottle at Jeremy Piven. It goes over his head. Everybody freaks out and tells him to relax. And literally two seconds later, three of these knuckleheads are making an impromptu rap. About, about Lloyd, Lloyd, Null and Void. He's wigging. That's on the soundtrack, you know. Like he's wigging. It's in Is the it sound. Really? Like I, I don't have it, but in on Wikipedia, yeah. it listed as Lloyd rap at the bottom. Oh, yeah, no way. But I'm watching this, and my wife goes. What are are all men like this? <laughs> like, is this is this what you guys do? And I'm like, kinda, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. This is like, how like, we support each other, dear. Like, he's <laughs> wigging. He's wigging. <laughs> In the forefront, they're having uh, Joe and uh, Lloyd are having their conversation yeah. seriously. Because mm-hmm. the other guys are rapping in the background, yeah. like just this. And it's like so funny because he says, Lloyd, Lloyd, Eating Lloyd, onion. all null and void, looking for the truth, but trying to avoid Lloyd, not sure what to do, dissed in the Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I was just going to say, one of my favorite lines from that scene is, and I'll quote it from time to time, dissed in the Malibu. Dissed in the Malibu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no not in the malibu oh, that's like serious. that's what, yeah that's, that's what we care about yo not in the malibu oh like that's how stupid we are and lloyd shouldn't be shows. with those guys let me ask you something yep. you, you, you guys know so much about women how come you're all sitting here at 11 o'clock on a saturday night at a gas and sip no women around anywhere mm-hmm. Choices, choice, man. Choice, a man. Choice. A conscious choice. <laughs> the guy goes, I, I yeah. want to be here. <laughs> That's his last resort. So good. You know what, though? I think yeah. that scene shows a little bit of depth to Joe, who is obviously a 
douche. Yeah. You know, like for the way he treats Corey, you know, like he's always like dumping her and then wanting to have sex with her and then getting back together with her, like to the point where he's ripping her heart apart. But, you know, I mean, he's got a little bit of depth where he's, he cares about why why Lloyd's upset. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, man, what, what, can I, what can I do to help? And he's like, I, I want to end court. He goes, I can't, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But he's being sincere in trying to help Lloyd. Right. So it's not like, you know what I mean? He's an all-out monster. It's just that I thought that was kind of cool because it's not, and, you know, just And before those up. guys said by choice, yeah. they thought about it. Lloyd made, yeah. made him think for a minute. Yeah. Like, you know what? Lloyd, you might yeah. be on to mm-hmm. something. Yeah. But wait, no. no. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we're in control it's of this. They, they need an excuse. I think of an gotta... excuse. That's exactly why they didn't have any girls. That's they had yeah. to sit there and think about it for a minute. And, so and when and when he's Lloyd is obviously upset, and he keeps, you know, he's not stalking, but he's just trying to get her to talk to him so he can say whatever. And he's even the long message on the answer machine, which I think all of us have gotten at one point or have left at one point, definitely left. right. <laughs> And um, he finally says, no, no, she can come to me. And he's, he's going to play hardball. She can come to me. If she wants me, she can come to me. And that, that's what all guys say, right? No, I'm going to be the man. I'm going to let her come to me if she's going to buy. And next thing you know, what's next? Boom box. I love that. Thing. Like, that's him. He just, he, get, he can't. And I like it because he says to himself, who am I kidding? I have to go do something. That is not me. I, it's not me to wait. I have to, I have to fight a little bit more. But it's not to the point where it's uncomfortable, like stalking. You know what I mean? Because two steps further, he's stalking. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's a, we we do flirt the line with stalking a tad, but it's sincere. It's so it's okay. We don't think he's Lloyd is obviously not dangerous. You know, but mm. that's just so. I just love that because he just the look on his face. Like I tried the other way, it's not working. Boombox. <laughs> now, two things on that. It's a callback, which we, we didn't mention that Peter Gabriel's song is playing during the love scene yeah. when they're having sex for the first time. Now he's playing that same song on the boombox as like a you know, yeah, remember reminder this. Yeah. to her, like a call to her. Mm-hmm. What's funny is, is that John Cusack was a big Fishbone fan, mm-hmm. and that's what he was playing on the boombox. That's what I'm looking up. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, that's what he, I knew it wasn't Peter Gabriel. Yeah. So, because uh, Cameron Crowe says, yeah, um, like, because John wanted to, like, you know, have that be in the movie. Because yeah. he just, I don't know, if I, maybe it, maybe the thought was, like, you know, this is who I am, this is me, remember? But Cameron Crowe watched it and said, it just looks like this guy is trying to get this girl into this band. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, no, we're going to make it a little more romantic. <laughs> Which I'm so glad. And did. another funny point about that scene is that he's he's actually yeah. standing in a park. Yes, he's not outside of a window. Yeah. Across from Seven Eleven. Yeah. So I think if you look closely yeah. enough, you're like, wow, her her yard resembles mm-hmm. a park. Yeah, I was Where wondering that. Lives. <laughs> I was wondering that. Yeah, it said it was like a North Hollywood park across from Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> he's like kind of holding it up towards Seven yeah. Eleven, really. Well, in case any. Buddy in there wants to buy me a slushie and go out. <laughs> I have a couple things about that scene too. Is being a girl, the thing that got me about that scene was basically the look in his eyes. It wasn't. I love that song, by the way. So oh, it wasn't even so just good. a song, which I just absolutely have always loved. But it's just the look in his eyes. And apparently that was supposed to be a little bit different. He didn't know how he was going to play it, but whatever he did, he did it right because he honestly looks in that movie like 
like he's gonna cry almost like he's looking at like the window i love you so much like i'm so in love with you just the look in his face makes me almost tear up when i'm watching that part that's my favorite part a little movie. desperation yeah yeah like, this is my last shot I, this is i can only do so much mm -hmm. this yeah. has to work yeah and i love that i love that about that but we almost didn't get that song either. A little funny thing about that song was when uh, Crow decided he wanted that song, Peter Gabriel originally said no. So he called him and he said no. And he said that he was just about to hang up the phone like, um, okay. But for some reason, he said he just decided to ask, well, why not? And then Peter Gabriel said, well, because I didn't think it was good with the um, overdose scene. And uh, Crow was like, what are you talking about? So basically, Peter Gabriel had gotten that confused with another script that he got about John Belushi's uh, oh. real life <laughs> and didn't, did not want that to be at that scene, supposedly, where he was going to overdose. Wow. Wow. So thank God he asked why, because if he didn't ask why, uh, we never would have had that mm -hmm. song because he would have probably just taken the no for an answer. But it was just a confusion. It was all about uh, totally something else. And uh, side note, this is just something along those same lines of people miscommunicating or not yeah. understanding. I love this story. It has nothing to do with the movie, but I think it's funny anyway. Quincy Jones called up Eddie Van Halen to be on Beat It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he hung up on him because he didn't believe that Quincy Jones was. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. But then, that Quincy then Jones. he went ahead and Click. did it, right? And didn't get paid. He was like, yeah, I'll yeah. just do it as a favor. Yeah. It becomes like one of the biggest songs of all time. He's like, I saw nothing from that. But, wow. That's Can we agree that this movie, because it's got, we've already mentioned some of the problems in terms of timeline, in terms of Ioni Sky, by the way. She's great and all. That thing she does with her tongue when she talks is woof. That's tough to get through. I don't, And I'm not shaming anybody's speech impediment, but boy. And, but for whatever reason, they chose her probably to make her look more innocent. Because she sounds much younger than she is. That she talks sometimes with her tongue down at the bottom of her teeth. She has a oh, little a okay. speech impediment. It drives me a little crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you something. At 17, yep. uh, like she had a halo. Around I know. I'm not. I'm like, just saying. Like I just. It really. <laughs> I I'm like, not. Oh my god. I am not shaming. What's that? Oh, in that movie. Uh, I, I was in the theater. I was like, I, I need to see this. No, I, I'm just saying like... <laughs> I was in fact... I was, I, was I, I am not like, shaming anybody's speech impediment. I'm just saying like, it was a lot. Um, and, and this movie is at times a little slow uh, from what I remember when I used to watch it all the time. I didn't, I didn't remember it being as slow as it was, like how much kind of nothing happens a lot, uh, even though it's, it's not not entertaining. It's just nothing happens a lot. Can we agree that this is kind of like a dry run for Jerry Maguire, right? This is yeah. like Jerry Maguire is this really, movie yeah. times 50. Like in terms of sincerity and character development and caring about people on screen and cute little blonde boys with mullets, Jonathan Lipnicki and, and whatever this kid's name was in this movie. Like it's basically a trial run for Jerry Maguire. Um, and that's all I could think of when I saw it. Because when I used to watch the movie, Jerry Maguire hadn't come out yet. I think Jerry Maguire is just as sincere and just as nice and just as uplifting at the end. I mean, I know it's a different story, but it seems like if Say Anything had a larger budget, he would have made it more Jerry Maguire because that is a Cameron Crowe movie as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, That's really? just what I think because uh, it has the same vibe. It's You're gunning for this person, this underdog in a relationship that seems doomed and there's a cute kid in it. He's great at that. Yeah, you know what I mean? He, Cameron Crowe is amazing. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. And he did that. He almost did the same thing with singles. Yep. I mean, there were a lot of characters in that. Yep. But again, it was you're rooting for the people involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's also, again, not a lot of not a lot of story. 
You know what I mean? It's not like this, like this plot, but it's not like a, a heavy story. I mean, Jeremy Maguire is just somebody's life and you're watching it, you know, and so is yeah, singles right. and so is this. And, and it's just, you know, that's what makes it maybe kind of slow a little bit. Cause you're just, you know, you're just watching somebody's life happen and it just happens to be charming. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Speaking of the nephew, you mentioned yeah. the nephew. Did you, did you guys see the headband that he had on? No. Yeah. Don't recall. It's basically the Karate Kid's headband, and the dojo in this movie is the original one from the Karate Jesus Kid. Scott Almighty. Oh, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. All the Cobra yeah. Kai fans. I noticed has a little headband, and then I looked at <laughs> Yeah. And did anybody else notice the cute little matchstick that he had to stick in the cassette tape in the car to get it to yes. play? Oh, yes. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, good times. I remember those. Another part I love is, you know, when they're driving the guy home from uh, the party and he doesn't know where he lives? Yeah. You're about to hear three (laughs) hours of commercial-free rock and roll. And then they're driving and the sun's up and you hear, Lord have mercy, three hours of commercial. (laughs) They just went, this is my house. (laughs) And he still can't. Yeah. I love it. Not only do they slam on the brakes. But the car just lurches yeah. forward at the end yeah. of the braking. It's yeah. so good. Hey, hey, let's hang out sometime. People, get out. <laughs> they take off. Melanie, did, did you mention uh, how they don't watch the road? Like, they were breaking up. Lloyd Dobler Never. was aggressively, aggressively yeah. not looking at the road. <laughs> like, the whole like time. at all. He's even kissing I know. Her. He's even yeah. kissing He's like, so what's up? The whole time. Yeah. How's it going? What? Yeah. What's happening? My mom noticed that. My mother was watching yeah. that. I watched it twice, so she's watching one of them with me, and she is like, um, the 80s movies, they literally never, ever look at the road when they're in yeah. the car, ever. Like She's like, an accident could happen in a split second. Look how long he's not looking at the road. She just kept saying over and over again. And you know when he's narrating into the uh, the tape recorder, and he's like, ah, we met in a mall. We should have known it was yeah. doomed from the start. <laughs> <laughs> you never trust that. Then he's riding a little longer, and... Over here, the street where she broke up with me. Yes, <laughs> and that's the path we took. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like like a second later. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie so to me seemed yeah. like it happened in a week. Honestly. Yeah, but it didn't. It happened like in months. Other, they went to the party. He got arrested. It was months. There was no trial though, by the way. No, there was I no. But lawyers like don't work that fast. Really there was two lawyers. No, they, it still has to go before a judge. It, a barter. it still has to go before a judge, which takes. It just seems maybe so it did. Quick. They didn't yeah, show but it. that takes weeks. Yeah, they didn't show it. That takes weeks. Oh, you nitpicking I'm just saying. fuck. It takes weeks. <laughs> um. Leave it to Chris to no. be the killjoy of this fucking beautiful thing. <laughs> but my whole point is I don't know how when this movie is happening. That, that takes weeks. Though, two lawyers. Magic movie Two does. lawyers talking about like what they're going to do with their clients over McDonald's is absolutely on point. That is, they don't give a shit. They're I just like, it. what do you think? This? All right, yeah, we'll send him to jail. It'll be fine. Let's get it to the judge. Because they know it's going to take months for it to get in front of a judge. All right, sorry. Can we be done? <laughs> <laughs> it's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right, it's the time where we talk about how well the movie holds up. Uh, not whether we liked it or not, but let's see how well it holds up today. Ugh. Sorry. All right, Ray. Ray's already uh, said, ugh. There is a mouse <laughs> right under me right now. Awesome. Oh, I brought you a present. Oh. <laughs> Where's your cat? Playing with the oh, mouse. Oh, that's awesome. Are you, are you serious? 
I am dead <laughs> serious. Oh, I gotta. Let me see. Oh, that. Oh, he's got his mouth. Yeah, ah! get it. And it's chirping and making noises. <laughs> oh, oh. Save it now. Save it. Oh. Save it and throw it outside. Oh. Stop. That's sad. Go get it. I can't. What am I gonna do? Go take a cup and put it on top of him, and oh. then put a paper plate underneath it. Has to kill the mouse. That's what cats do. No, right, you guys don't kill the mouse. I'm gonna go find him. Ah, ah, it's right under me. Right. <laughs> do your don't thing. Don't kill him. I'm not going. The cat to has to kill the mouse. That's what cats. No. He's on the chair. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Ooh, all right. <clears throat> That's horrible. Had a cat in my old house that would that would kill varmints and take the heads off and drop them in front of my door, like whole rabbits, like That's rabbits horrible. this big, and just decapitate the, oh. the head and leave it at my door. Just the head, ate the rest of it. Because they're leaving you a oh, present. Yeah. They're trying I know. to sweet. All right, to you. so I'll go. I'll go uh, while Ray comes back. Um, here's the deal. Last time we were together, we did Lost Boys. I like Lost Boys. I don't think it holds up because it's so eighties. It's got everything about it is so 80s and I don't want to get cornered into the idea of nostalgia. I'm not going to like something just because I liked it then and because the 80s were cool. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it holds up because it so smells of 80s so much that I don't think it translates into a modern thing. Say anything holds up. It's obviously got a lot of 80s crap going on in it and I don't really care about the tape decks and the high, the Velcro sneakers and the... You know, people actually leaving uh, messages on answering machines and like, I don't care about all that. The fact of the matter is, and I said it twice already, I'm going to go for three times. This movie is charming. It's so nice and sincere. And Cameron Crowe allows the characters to be absolutely three-dimensional, you know, where they're coming from at all times. So it doesn't matter if it was set in a time of non-technology and whatever. Um, the fact of the matter is that it's a story everybody can get behind because you can identify with everybody in the story. And that's down to the directing and the writing. It's fully fleshed out and you can get on board with it. It's just, to me, the only thing that doesn't hold up is it's just, I just didn't realize how much dead time there was in this movie. Like there is, it is slow at times. Like, oh, and I was waiting for more Lloyd Dobler. I remember more Lloyd Dobler when I first saw this. I didn't remember so much of, uh. It was, it was a lot of Ioni Sky, like more than I thought. Ray, how's it going? Is the mouse dead? I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> the mouse is outside. Okay. The mouse is fine. It'll get killed by something else. That's good. It's going to die, <laughs> Melanie. Do, do you care? Something outside <laughs> is going to kill that mouse. They're the bottom of the it's food the chain. It's the first time my cat is... I am sensitive. I am a Lloyd Dobler type. I am a sensitive man. Yep. So um, so I said it, it, it holds up because the characters are well fleshed out. They're three-dimensional. You care about them. It doesn't matter that it took place in the 80s. It's a transcendent idea. And that's where I'm at. So, Ray? Yeah, I, I agree. I think this movie could be made now. Um, you wouldn't be driving around so much talking to the guys at the uh, convenience store. I, mm -hmm. I don't think kids do that anymore. And that's part of the charm. When you watch that with your kids now, I don't think they would fully understand the teenage experience by watching this movie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, it holds... I think it holds pretty true to the timeline, not the timeline that we were talking yep. about, Chris, because that makes no nope. sense. But the t <laughs> the year and the uh, the time in the history of a um, of two lovers, um, you know, I, the music I think is fantastic. It really drives the movie. Obviously, Peter Gabriel's song became huge because of it, and 
Yeah, I, I think it holds up. I, I still enjoy it, and I will still watch it, and probably in more of a nostalgic way, though. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. not as a destination. Like, probably not. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Melanie? Okay, so coming from someone who never really grew up watching it, I mean, like I said, I remember parts of it. I remember it was good, but I just don't remember the whole thing. So I kind of felt like I was just watching it now, really, for the first time, um, besides knowing the boombox scene and the, the end prison area uh, part. But um, so I... I actually liked it the second time more that I watched it because I usually when I do these I'll watch them two or three times in a row. So the first time I watched it, I thought it was actually pretty slow. Um, but then I was like, well, now there's so many funny parts in it. Like the characters are amazing, and there's so many funny lines. It's just amazing. I was like, but they're just some slow, slow parts. So I watched it again, and then I liked it even better than the next time I watched it. So um, I think it would definitely hold up just because. Just because of the type of movie that it is. I mean, this movie comes out nowadays. It's like a love story, but there's a little bit more drama to it. Uh, to me, I don't care if something is... We're old enough guys now that if something's made in the 80s, it's cool now. It's not like it's dated. It's like it's like when you were in the 80s and you were watching a movie like Stand By Me mm-hmm. or let's just say or something that was based in the 50s. It's like, I mean, Stranger Things is out now. That's based in the 80s. There's a ton of movies that are based in the 80s and series that are based in the 80s. So to me, I like watching stuff like that because not only was I there but kids like watching that stuff now because i like to see what it was like at that time so to me if something was based in the 80s i'm always going to argue with there there chris it's it's totally i think that's actually a reason why people would watch it now to see what things look like and how things were back then i think love story always holds up i love the actors in it john cusack is amazing in it i think there's the funniest lines in it so yeah it does hold up i would just like to see it i don't know maybe not so many dry spaces in Mm -hmm. between i guess i can say all right yeah, no, I think it holds up. I would absolutely recommend this to most people who hadn't seen it and maybe be a little younger. It's like, it's still, I don't know. I think the characters are so relatable and, in, in, you know, because they're so well-rounded. Like, Diane is not just a smart brain that has, you know, I mean, she's she's got depth to her, you know, it's, and she doesn't just cave to her dad. You know what I mean? There's so much stuff about that that, that we can admire and I think people can uh, relate to today. So like, and the, I think the funny stuff is funny. Like in Lloyd's speed talking. I mean, that's yep. funny. That, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like how many times did Vince Vaughn make us laugh with his speed talk? Yes, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny. You know, you heard of kickboxing sport of the future. And he lists all the people. And he's like, you know, a couple of champions of the sport. I can see by my face. No, just the way he just rattles that off. And I know I'm not doing it justice, but man, is that funny? Yeah. So, I think a lot of people would get sure. a kick out of it and um, and enjoy it. So regardless of anything dated, it doesn't matter. Right. And that, that party is hysterical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even like people walking by, like that stoner guy walks past Diane. He goes, Lloyd Dobler. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just a random thing. Doesn't say much. Key master. Hey. You came here with Diane? Yeah. So, so there's stuff. hope. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> this gives me a lot of right, hope. Man. Thanks a lot. Cool. All right, folks. Uh, Ray, you want to plug your stuff here? The uh... New England Legends podcast weekly, wherever you get your podcast. Just like 15 minutes of New England folklore and legends and lore and just a little silliness with myself and uh, Jeff Belanger. Always fun. That's Ray has it. an amusing Facebook page. I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, thank you. I love watching your silly stuff that you do. I'm, it's a bit I random, like but yeah, thank I like you. It. I, don't, I would actually local, love that. I would love that podcast. Oh, it's, it's great. Right up my alley right oh, there. please check it's, it out. Yeah, I fully I endorse New England Legends. It's, and the app is fantastic. Oh, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. No, I, I endorse you. it. So, And that'll get you at least two more people. 
All right. Um, <laughs> maybe three. All right. <clears throat> so, Jason, uh, so if anybody has any uh, emails or questions or comments, please email us at filmcrickets. 8099 at gmail.com uh, please uh, rate and uh, rate and subscribe and share it out to anybody that would like to hear a movie po- podcast we would appreciate it uh, kind of get the word out there Jason yeah now that we're on uh, we're going to be doing YouTube again please uh, hit the like and subscribe yes. and uh, tell your friends please yes excellent so um, until next week to, for Melanie and Jay and Ray this is Chris and uh, thanks a bunch and we'll see you next time Trip my